0: This podcast is a recording from our Sex Rewired event. Please be advised it is intended for mature audiences only.
1: Listen, I'm going to introduce London. She's going to lead. She's going to lead our time. Um, I'm not sure how this is going to go, so I'm, I'm just going to turn it over to London and let her introduce the panel. Y'all, give it up
2: for London, y'all. Amen. How many are happy to be here? Isn't this amazing? Like, isn't this? Like, praise God for Pastor Brandon, praise God for Epiphany Church, praise God for everybody that put this together. I mean, um, I'm just gonna have everybody introduce themselves. I'm just gonna have you guys just say your name, uh, you know, how you got connected to the church, I guess, and um, yeah, your status, relationship-wise.
3: I'm Trisha Bell, and um, I come from Philly. We went to Epiphany Philly, Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia. Uh, for about 10 years, and then we um, decided to come here and uh, just be a part of Epiphany Brooklyn. And um, I'm married to my husband, Daryl Bell, a.k.a. Stephen Levite, and, um, yeah, we, we love each other. Uh. Oh, oh, we've been married for 10 years.
0: Yeah. Uh, she said all the fun stuff, but I'm Daryl, and uh, like I said, we've been married, and we're glad to be here to help
4: out. So, hi everybody. My name is Warner. Warner. And I'm from uh, I'm from Brooklyn.
1: Yeah.
4: Listen, I, I heard I heard you throw shade at Chicago and Brooklyn. You're not trying to walk out of here at night without saying you just you 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 got you you mad reckless. Anyway, uh, I'm from Brooklyn, and um. And uh Janelle is my fiance. She's uh yeah. actually proposed to her right on this stage. Um, that was blasted all over social media to my utter embarrassment. Not because I was embarrassed, I'm just that was that was big. Um I was shy. Uh And uh, she goes here, and this is my family, too. Epiphany's my family. So, yeah.
5: Hey, um, I'm Janelle. Janelle Drysdale. Soon to be Janelle Miller. (laughs) Um, We've been married for negative two months. Um, (laughs) We got two months to go. And, yeah, I I got connected to this church because someone – I think that was the right math. (laughs) Negative two months? Anyway. um, Someone – connected me to Pastor B. Uh, there's a, it's a long story, and so i kind of been a, around well before it started, so it's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited.
6: Hi, um, my name is Mina. I come all the way from Far Rockaway, so I'm not a Brooklyn person. Um, I was introduced to Epiphany about two years ago from my friends Janae and Keisha, um, And currently, I am single and celibate.
2: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> Friend sat in the first row, <laughs> obviously.
7: How y'all doing? Y'all know me, most of y'all. Um, My name is Dominique. I'm from Jersey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was born in Brooklyn, but I claim Jersey. I claim Jersey. Yeah. I was raised in Jersey, I was raised in Jersey. Um, I found out at Epiphany, Brooklyn, through uh, the Frequency Conference when uh, I had a breakout session with uh, Pastor Gay, and he preached here one day, and I follow him on social media, and I was like, oh, they got Epiphany in Brooklyn, so that's how I ended up here. Um, Yeah, that's how that happened. I am, uh, I'm abstaining, I'm not celibate, because when I get married, I'm going to get busy. So, I'm abstaining, and I'm single. No, it's not.
2: (laughs) Yo, yo, no, low-key, low-key, I actually wrote, you was finished, bro? Low key. I'm done. Low key, I wanted to ask um, the difference between abstinence and celibacy.
7: So, uh, from my understanding, someone who's abstaining is waiting till marriage, and someone who's celibate is not interested in having sex at all. Okay. That's what I said, my understanding. <laughs> if I got it wrong, I got it wrong. Hey. So,
2: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We're going we to come back to that, you guys.
7: No, I got it. It's on Google.
0: Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah, celibate it says uh abstaining from marriage and sexual relations. Uh typically for religious reasons. So a person who abstains from marriage and sexual relations.
7: That's jersey for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs>
2: the only reason I started saying. off with that is because he mentioned that and most people do not use the different words. So I just wanted to ask that question. Good um and so yeah, so I'm gonna start with the single people. Okay, guys. Um how many single people we have in here? <laughs> raise your hands, raise your hands, raise your hands. It looked like it um uh, maybe it's half and half. Wow, that's a lot. Amen, amen. Okay, so because I'm not a preacher and a pastor, sometimes I don't know things. Um, And so my pastor uh, wanted to know, no, wanted me to know, uh, the difference. um, What is single? Single, right? It doesn't mean that you are necessarily in a relationship. It means that you're not married, right? So even if you're dating, come on, somebody. Y'all go to church sometimes. Amen. Amen on Sundays, all right, so let's start it off guys, um, I know I messed up the order a little bit, but yeah, let's jump into it, um, I want to start with this couple, Janelle and Warner, um, because they are still single,
4: but engaged. Yeah, but if I would have put kept single on Facebook, she, she would have felt the way, so, so, so that definition only works in church.
2: I mean, take that up with your pastor.
6: He on said Facebook, if you try to fill out a way. passport,
2: so on, if you fill out paperwork, if you fill out paperwork, you are still single. Okay, guys? Don't, don't do it for the girlfriend. Just understand the clarity and the definition. Okay, guys? All right. So I'm going to ask you guys the first question, um, if you guys can put it up. How do you guys build an intimate relationship with a man or a woman God has chosen for you without sexuality?
5: He said he's been talking a lot. All right, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I can I can share what's going on with us. We are abstaining. Correct. Right. Cur- yes, you are. You were very right, Jersey. <laughs> so um, him and I, we spend time with each other. We talk. We hang out. Um, we are friends. Like we are. We were friends actually before um, we decided to start dating. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I highly recommend. I highly recommend. Um, also, we do pray together. I think praying um, together definitely de- uh, develops intimacy. Um, we share our goals and dreams with each other. We hold each other accountable to those things. Um, what else? Like, I, it's funny, I always make fun of couples because they look at each other for the answer on their face. And I just did that. That's so crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, like, I never thought, how are we going to build intimacy in this relationship? It was more like we became friends, and then God was like, You are allowed to date this guy. Um, and then eventually it just moved on. And so within that time, like I said, we just got to, we just continued to get to know each other. Um, and I think we've built intimacy. What do you think?
4: I agree. that
5: would suck if he
2: said no no
4: No, um, I heard this thing before uh, before you uh, become intimate with uh, who you pray for to and with and um, so because of that I was very intentional with praying with Janelle um, for Janelle not to Janelle but definitely uh, uh, with her and for her and when we pray together obviously we're praying to the same God Um, But what it also did um, in knowing that is it also um, because I'm on the road a lot and um, constantly with, you know, other context. And um, what it did is it also uh, gave me good parameters um, in which to not engage with maybe other. You know, cause and I don't know, men or women can speak to this. You know, people asked you to pray for them or pray with them, and and whatnot, and and in prior relationships that would get me in trouble because you would pray with this young lady for over amount of time, and then intimacy would come, um, and and you guys never kissed, never touched, but there was still an intimacy because there was a sharing of, you know, desires and things like that. So so on the positive it grew us closer, but also knowing that prayer builds intimacy, it also gave me healthy parameters.
2: Amen. Amen, that's dope. Um, I want to pass the question off to, to Trish and Daryl as well. How did you guys deal with that beforehand? I mean, it's you know, y'all old now, but um, <laughs> just kidding. Only because only I'm little sis, I can say that. Don't y'all try it. But, yeah, how, how would you guys... Um, deal with that before you guys got married? Like, how did you guys build, you know, because I know a little bit of you guys' story, which we'll get into, but, yeah.
3: Um, we, so we initially, you know, say hi and bye, but we started to develop a friendship through working together. Um, we did ministry together, and, you know, just through that, you know, we were just, you know, he was very kind, and he would ask me questions, even though I was just trying to focus on the ministry side of things. But um, he was uh, trying to, you know, build some kind of friendship. And I was like, don't do this because I'm going to start liking you and I don't want to do that. But, um, but you know, it was good because, he, you know, he was very intentional about just asking me how my day was and stuff like that. And from there, it just continued to build into a genuine, like, friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, it was just a friendship, and it birthed from – just being in close proximity and getting to, getting to know one another, and um, you know it just turned into what it is now. Um, it was just a natural uh, progression, um, and I think I think it's key to see that um, like that's the same way that God develops a relationship with us. It's a progressive revelation. Um, you look at the Old Testament, and there's a lot of stuff that they didn't know about who God was because they hadn't gotten to the law yet. They hadn't gotten to Jesus being in flesh yet. They didn't know that he could be a, you know, a hypostatic union. They didn't understand a lot of things. So, like, throughout history, God has been revealing himself in a certain way, part like, piece by piece. And um, that's the way he develops his relationship with his bride. And so it's necessary for us to take our P's and Q's from him. The way that he engages his bride is the same way that we're supposed to engage our spouse to be, the same way that he engages his spouse to be. Because technically the church isn't married to Christ yet. Um, so... Um, oh and I'll add this too This is extra um, <clears throat> They call it the book of revelation Because like God hasn't fully revealed himself Until that point um, So the same way that we wait Until after consummation To fully reveal ourselves God waits until the, until the consummation Of all things to fully reveal himself So um, so he
2: See, See why I like though You understand That type of
3: talk just be yummy
0: So, all, all, all that to say, all that to say that even God, even God demonstrates purity for us. So, it's not something we have to look to each other for. It's something that we can look to the Bible and look at God's example for. So,
2: can we just clap for his theology. Like, huh? Listen, y'all got to get in Y'all word because some of the words was like hypostatic union. I was like writing it down. Like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to study that later. You know what I mean? But. Um, one of the, the biggest things is, like, understanding that just intimacy is not only sex, right? I mean, most of us are collegiate in here, but, like, a lot of people don't understand that, like, that's not the only way to build, guys. That's not the only way to come become one, you know, and really you're not becoming one really until you're married anyway. And so let's just go through the steps. Let's not rush into anything rash, guys. Okay? So, um... Yeah, I wanted to make that point. Um I would bring the next question of course to the same couple. Um how important is sex in marriage? Like some people think it's a little bit important cuz you're, you know, you have children now, you um, may have to work, you have all of these things going on. How important is it really? I mean, cuz you've already had your kids. So, who cares anymore, right? <laughs> Obviously, I'm playing devil's advocate cuz I got on these pink pants. <laughs> and so yeah.
0: Um so I I've heard the I've heard the analogy like people think it's the icing on the cake but um but in actuality it's the eggs in the cake like it holds everything together um So <laughs> um, <laughs> um like you wouldn't biblically biblically you couldn't call it a marriage unless there was sex in place because it becomes marriage the moment you guys have sex consummation is when the when the when the starting line officially is as far as the bible's concerned um so there, like marriage and sex it's like the same thing you know even to the extent that like there's passages where he talks about um oneness with uh with a whore and stuff like that when he's talking about uh you know um promiscuity outside of marriage he's talking about the idea of oneness um even though there's no ring or any vows involved so um so yeah so they're kind of like it's hard to separate the two as far as God's concerned they they're like one comes with the other um not only that but i think specifically as a male when i think about proverbs 5 it talks about like solomon basically suggests like don't run to the adulteress, run to your wife. You know what I'm saying? So like it's it's like a like God's given us the passions. Like he compares it to drinking water. Like you need water. You know what I'm saying? Like it's something you were born to do. Um so like being in a marriage where you're not getting any is like being like thirsty and just being like I'm sorry but the water fountain's closed. You can't have like it's it's like a trap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, I mean and there's certain situations where that happens that's necessary, and I get it. You can live without it but um but if you're both able um it's it's very necessary in fact, um pastor E once in a in a sermon said uh basically sex in marriage is like spiritual warfare because the opposite is true in Corinthians where he says uh don't defraud or keep it from one another unless the unless the enemy take hold so like when you're keeping each other from marriage and it's not something uh, from sex and it's not something you agreed upon for a certain amount of time, that you're actually making room for the enemy to come into your marriage and ruin things. So, so sex in marriage is not just, it's, it's, it's for the intimacy of the marriage. It, it kind of, it makes the marriage official in some ways. And not only that, but it's spiritual warfare because you're fighting off the enemy by keeping each other satisfied and from running to other people or to other things, to find satisfaction for a God-given desire. So,
2: Bible study at your house? That's what we, okay. Um, (laughs) So I have a question for uh, Daryl's wife, Trisha Bell. Um, We often hear that, you know, if, we don't take care of our man he'll get us somewhere else right um do you ever feel pressure to perform that even when you're not in the mood or you know when you're burnt out from the day tired you know you don't just don't feel like it you know what i'm saying what do you how do you feel about that
3: yeah no that's a reality um i have 3 children and i have a 1 year old child uh, who keeps me busy and you know i it, it you know i get tired um that's the reality now in in terms of pressure I think yes because I'm human I do sometimes do feel pressure but not in a negative way I, I for me it's pressure from the Holy Spirit like I get convicted when I'm if I'm like not being intentional with my husband um and saying yo like I know he's he probably is ready for sex and I'm just like, I sometimes I don't. It's hard for me to just, you know, I think Ty had mentioned it earlier, saying, like, it's it takes a while for us to just kind of, like, you know, get there and get ready. And I know for men it's like, you know, they're on all the time. And so for me, um, you know, I have to be super intentional. Sometimes I have to pray and ask Jesus to help me um, to be in the mood, which is a thing that I don't think people think is something to do. But um, I have to ask Jesus to get me in the mood because – you know, my flesh just wants to go to sleep, um, cause I'm tired. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a reality, but you know, I don't feel, um, from my husband at all that like he's forcing me or anything like that. Um, and it, I normally, I want to please my husband. I want him to be satisfied by me because like we already said, we know the reality is if your husband isn't getting it from you, he, he may, his eye may wander. And that, I don't, I don't want to tempt my husband like that. I don't want him to even feel like that's, you know, a thing for him to have to do. So,
2: yeah. So, Daryl, how do you, like, I wouldn't say do you ever feel pressure, but um, do you ever feel like you're pressuring?
0: It's, it's definitely been, um, I think earlier on in our marriage, it was definitely like a concern. It was something that was like a repeated argument. Um, And when you have repeated arguments in the marriage, you realize that, all right, we're trying to deal with the symptoms and we're probably not even dealing with those well. But but at the root of that is something else that we need to deal with. Um, And so I did feel pressure. I felt like because the way she would respond when I would try to initiate uh, made me feel like I might be doing might be doing something wrong. And the reality was that I was I wasn't being sensitive. And to an extent. Um, I had to take ownership for the part of that that was mine. The other part of it was that she needed therapy because of her past and some of her baggage. And um, after she got therapy, things worked out a lot better. And it it became less of an issue because she was able to identify why she doesn't want to do it, why it was, like, such a strong, like, you know, like, why it was so offensive for me to come for it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, So once we got through that, it helped things out a lot and I wrote an album about it and everything went well you know what i'm saying like
2: go cop that but, i'm telling y'all cuz it was like you know like,
0: it it was it was like liberating like oh so that's what it was you know what i'm saying um but yeah but definitely there was a lot of like um there was a lot of wrestling and like trying to figure out like what's going on here how come like you know it's it's not that often and how come she she's always upset how come it always turns into an argument um so
3: Sorry, I want to speak to that, too, because I I think we haven't touched on it really deeply. Um, But so I I was molested at a very young age and then raped at 19. So when you when you add that to, you know, the baggage um, within a marriage um, and then you're you're trying to have intimacy with your husband, um, it's it gets real challenging. Um, and you know that pressure then is was is way different than it is now. Um, I felt a lot of pressure because I didn't know what was going on inside. I was like, I don't even know how to deal with all that's going on because I I hadn't fully dealt with you know what had happened. So that that trauma um, and you know bringing that in into a marriage and trying to you know deal with that and please my husband, I was like ah. Mm -mm. I'm not feeling that I was like no like and every time he would you know say he he was ready and I'd be like well I'm not ready like I just I don't feel anything. I don't want sex. I don't I don't feel the the desire and I just kept trying to figure out like god like why am I here? And so therapy was necessary for me. If I hadn't gotten it, we would not be able to have moved forward. Um, you know, I literally I remember one time we got into a huge argument and I was like I'm ready to I'm ready to be out. I'm we can divorce tomorrow. I'm done. Cuz I it, it felt like so much um, weight on me to have to perform something that I had no desire for and I didn't know how to get out of it. So um, it's so important to really deal with, you know, um, that type of trauma if you've ever had it. Um, you can't ignore it. You can't push it, push it down. It doesn't go away. Um, sex or getting married Getting married and, and trying to have sex once you're married doesn't, like, erase the past. It You know, it, it doesn't – it's just – it's not a replacement. So, yeah.
2: Amen. Finish? Yeah, I was done. Amen. Um, two things, guys. Sacrifice, what I got out of what they just said. Sacrifice and uh, counseling. Like, even if you haven't maybe had that particular experience, I encourage you, sisters and brothers – to go to therapy, go to counseling, um, because whatever you're going through, it's okay to talk about it, it's okay to release that, not just in church, because sometimes people might not know your situation, you might not want people to know, you you know? You might need to go to the next level in that. I just started therapy, so listen, it's nothing to be ashamed of, it's nothing to be uh, have taboo about, but we in New York, you know, everybody got a therapist, right? Uh, yeah, we probably, yeah, I don't know, yes.
1: Listen, I, I really want to hear from the panel, but I think it's important um, to talk about this in terms of the man making sure the, their wife feels like you are relieving that pressure um, because I think... in the original question was um, about a woman that feels pressure to have sex so that her husband wouldn't go outside of the marriage to have sex. And so I think just some practical ways, really affirming your wife is very, very important. And I'm not just saying affirming her in terms of sex, just in general, like let her feel like she is the only one for you. That is very, very important to do. Then just on a practical side, I think sometimes we over-spiritualize this. Sometimes if, if your wife walks into the house, husbands, and the house is dirty, the kids are all over the place. I didn't know you was back there. I forgot to move my boxers, so forgive me. No, seriously, if the house isn't clean and then she comes home and you expect sex and you like you haven't done any sacrificial work in the house, let me tell you something. It's nothing sexier than washing the dishes. I'm just telling you. A woman will come in, will start, the wife will start taking her clothes right off. So just, just practical. Clean the house before the wife gets home.
2: That's my pastor, dog. That's my pastor. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's just so real and I'm just so grateful. Yeah, man. It's real out here. You know, I'm not there, but I, you know, I look at my parents. I look at some of the things because um my background is a little different. You know, I have uh two d- double parents, so I have stepmom and stepdad, both my parents remarried. I see godly marriage on one side, then I see ungodly marriage on the other side. And so I see, you know, my dad, um, wasn't a believer, and you know he, his wife was, and I would see the contention. I would see the just so many issues as to you weren't talking about that, but I'm just thinking about how without the gospel, you don't have an example of sacrificial love. You don't have an example of you know how to walk those things out. You know what I'm saying? So we ain't even touch unequally yoked yet. Some somebody y'all in here, you know, might be in those situations, but we ain't gonna shame you in Jesus' name. So I'm going to take the next question for Dom. As a single brother, uh, how do you directly inform a woman that you are not engaging in sex until you're married? Maybe not even with her, you know what I'm saying? That might be awkward.
7: Um, So if I'm 100% honest, I have fear. And my fear comes from my past. Uh, I lived a very lustful life and I was never faithful to any woman I've ever dated. Um, I've always cheated, I always slept around. This is very hard for me to say, but I know that someone in this audience is gonna be fruitful for someone. Um, So at this present day, I suffer with fear, and it kind of paralyzes me, to be honest. Um, so I don't really put myself in a situation to get to know a woman. Um, I run away from it, if I'm honest. I don't want to cause the pain that I've caused in the past. Um, There's women to this day who can't stand the sight of my name. There's tears that I've caused in my past that I don't want to ever see again. So because of that, I don't take it to that level to get to know a woman. Um, And that was guilt that was pointed out by one of my friends recently, about three weeks ago. And I've been carrying it for a long time, and I didn't even know. So to be honest with you, I don't, I don't put myself in a position to get to know a woman or even allow that woman to get into that space with me. Um, and it's a very bad defensive mechanism. Um, but at the same time, one of the things that I use... One of the verses that I use is 1 Corinthians 7 where Paul talks about um, for a married man has to split his time between the world and his wife. and the married woman has to split her time between um, the world and, his, and his, her husband. Yeah. So I look at that verse, and he talks about committing and devoting himself to God. Ever since I moved down to Philly, I've been so busy with ministry. Um, we have an urban apologetics group getting started. We have a prison ministry we're working on. And I also have a men's group. So I really dive myself into that scripture, and I just find peace in that. But at the same time, I need to deal with the guilt that I'm carrying from my past so that it could alleviate me and I can move forward so that I can date, so that I can get married. And I know that. Um, but um, but yeah, that's, that's the crippling effect that I'm carrying around the sin from my past. Um, so I don't really have that that problem, to be honest with you.
2: Okay. So we're working through that. We're working yeah. through that. I'm currently working through yeah. it, yeah. we're working through that. And ministry is a great way. Yeah. Amen. It could be a lot of other things. So praise God that you're, you know, building the Lord's church in that time. You know what I'm saying? Counseling. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, can I? Yeah. I want to.
4: Testing. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, now one, actually, um, Dom is actually on the money with a lot of that. Um, because even as I guess a a still technically single person, um, which actually, which actually makes it a little easier because, you know, when you tell someone, listen, I got a boo, you know, not many, but you know, it's, Good women, or women that you know aren't trying to be home wreckers, they'll, you know, they'll let you be. But, um, but before I was single, um, before I was in this relationship that I'm single in, when I was single, single. Carry the one over the two with three. All right, but now, when it, I was, when, 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 Janelle wasn't my wasn't my bait, um, I was single for uh, years and And in that span, um like I didn't date, I didn't I'd, I'd made it up in my mind that I wouldn't even flirt and um and <laughs> and f- for a man, especially not for nothing, but for a, a black, straight man who's also an artist, I got called gay a lot, and that and that that, wow. you know, that affects ego. You know what I'm saying? Um, because they were like, you know, what's what's wrong with you? You're you know you're single. Uh, you know, you're there's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you know, then what is wrong with you? How come you're not you know giving me attention? You know, how come you're not you know so 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 that was thrown. I mean, like even to my face. Um, but for me, partly it was um, not not necessarily because of a past uh, that I was uh, carrying, but I did put up strong parameters because one I didn't want to I wasn't interested in hurting anybody. Um I didn't want to play with somebody's emotions. Um and not because I'm you know not for some overly I would I would I wish I could say for some overly noble position cuz I was you know very a noble brother but honestly um a lot of it had to do with I knew that if I had a bad name like, if I, if I continue to, like, leave trails of hearts, you know, broken hearts, or if I did that, that would reflect on me. And and also, like, I, I I covet peace. I knew that that would be a surefire way to get nothing but drama in my life. And I didn't want that drama. So for me, it was worth it to be like, nah, just build. Like, I even, and I, I don't have it now, but I used to wear, like, a ring on my finger um, just to kind of, you know... Keep And, you know, and, and and people would still ask, you know, hey, sorry, so are you married? I'd be like, no. <laughs> so why are you wearing that? Because I want to. And that made the questions even more. And and, and I, I'll, I'll end it with this because at least this is what I theorize. A, a woman maintaining her sexuality, maintaining her space is a lot more common than a man doing it um and you know to for for a man to choose to not you know engage in certain things it's like an anomaly you know what i'm saying there's nothing wrong with you you know you say you're not gay you know you're kind of cute you know you ain't got no you know what i'm saying and and all these things you know so it, it, it you know why you should be trying to smash like like you should be trying to you know at least so um yeah, man, it was uh, to 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 borrow from Diamond. It, it was the conscious choice to run away, or 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 rather put uh you know, marriage. but but I, I'll say this, and this is the really last thing. What what came to me because I was getting accused by a lot of the women in my life that I was being mean to them, because they 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 saw my parameters as me being mean to them, um, and it wasn't that, and and I and I didn't want to come across as I was being mean but I didn't know any other way to listen man I need to protect my heart and yours even though you don't think I'm protecting you I'm protecting you so so, so, what it actually the balance that I came to and I'm still you know wavering is um, how to be platonic friends knowing my own power in so far as like listen you know you know when you flirting you know when that hug is a little extra longer you know you know when that glance is a little longer you know understanding my own power and being sure that I'm doing all I need to do and not worrying that if they do mistake kindness for flirtation and even checking that, you know, like trying to really, but 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 being um, intentional with that because I also don't want my sisters, um, and, and I mean, you know, my sisters in the Lord to, to not engage in platonic friendships with brothers um, because, you know, they, they need that just as, just as much as men need to have platonic relationships with women the end I'm gonna,
0: I'm gonna try to say this real quick too but um and this kind of goes along with the with the with the question but i think part of the reason that is difficult for men i need at least for me and i know a lot of other dudes i i see it in other dudes um is that um like I would I would ask for a show of hands, but I don't think it's necessary. Pretty much everybody in this room has probably experienced porn, Um, and porn has a way of, specifically for men, objectifying women. Um, And it's like so. Imagine you watch, you watch like you binge watch like all of the the um, Final Destination movies, like you know five six seven days a week, right? Eventually, at some point, you're going to go into life, and you're going to start expecting bad things to happen wherever you go, right? Well, that's what porn does. Porn makes you go into life and expect every situation to be sexual. Um, So, like, you know, so you you meet somebody, you see somebody wearing a short skirt, you're waiting for the wind to blow it up. You know what I'm saying? You see somebody wearing, you know... La, uh, you know, in a schoolgirl uniform, and automatically, that's what you're thinking about porn. You see some like so it sexualizes almost everything you see because there's porn that sexualizes every situation, um, and so when you meet a female or or a woman or whatever you want to, you know, um, like it 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 makes it difficult for you to walk the line between uh, a relationship that has sexual intentions. And one where you're honoring her as your sister. Um, and so one of the easiest ways to kind of make sure that it stays on the platonic side is to just avoid the, the friendship altogether or to keep it, you know, at arm's length. So, um, so you know, so I say that to kind of let sisters know, like, to be patient with your brothers. <laughs> um, you know, we're all trying to figure it out. And, and a lot of us don't even realize it. We don't real. I didn't realize it was porn until after I got married. Until after I started talking about this kind of stuff, until after I started realizing the, the influence that porn has in the psyche of a man or a woman, um, and how it just infiltrates everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that's something for us brothers to consider. How much is porn influencing the way you see your sisters, the way you see women on the street? How much is it influencing, um, you know, everything that you're doing as far as sex is related and relationships are concerned, and you know start to you know repent and uh you know rewire your mind to think other way other ways about our sisters, so
2: Amen, can we clap for that segment because all three <laughs> brothers shed light on something, yes, sir
7: I want <laughs> oh, to add to that by saying that um as men. We have to go back as far back as um, we possibly can to um, come to an understanding where our distortion of women began and ask Jesus to redeem that Mm -hmm. because you may have had someone speak into your life at an early age, at a young age, and tell you um, what manhood is just sleeping around with a whole bunch of different women. and Part of the redeeming process is having a renewed mind and a renewed way of looking at women. And I had to go through that process. And I had to go back as far back as to where did my lust actually begin. My lust actually began with my mother. The fact that she rejected me growing up and the fact that she didn't love me, I went to women and searched for it through them. As I grew older, it turned into lust, and I just started sleeping with a whole bunch of women. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So I think as men, um, take it to Jesus and go all the way back and ask him to redeem your, the way you objectify women as a man, the way you perceive women as a man, and to give you a godly view and to surround you with godly women so you can understand how to respect them, how to love them, how to be in communion with them, and how to um, one day possibly marry one by being around them.
2: Amen. Can we clap for that? Amen. I identify with that as a, as a single female because that was one, that's, that is one thing that I, that I absolutely love about my church. I get to be around um, godly men. I get to be, because my dad was not... A godly man so I don't really have the clear biblical picture of what what does it mean hug up here hug down here do the you know and I not to make it legalistic but I'm just saying certain things run through your mind when you don't have that clear picture of what a godly man or godly woman looks like so um, I really 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 want to talk to Mina I'm so sorry, sis. It took so long for us to get uh, to the single female in the house. So, I have a couple questions for you, right? Um, how did you come to the decision to abstain from sex?
6: Hmm. Uh, that decision happened about seven years ago. Well, um, don't say wow well yet. Um, (laughs) yet holding Um, on amen and at the time it was like this newness of god in my life i got baptized i knew jesus in a whole different way um and i was really really excited about god and as my relationship with him was deeper uh, getting deeper i was actually in a relationship where i was unequally yoked and so because i at the point really just wanted to live for god in my whole life even with through my body um, I began to realize that this relationship that I was in wasn't really going anywhere because he wasn't equally yoked. He wasn't a believer. I was. Um, I wanted to try to change his mind about Christ and introduce him to church, bring him to church, doing all those things that you do to try to change a man that does not work and it's always going to end up Missionary as you Missionary dating. Missionary um, <laughs> dating.
2: Don't do that. Um,
6: and I tired myself out and I burnt myself out with that. And through my revelation with like, strengthening my relationship with God but also knowing that this man was never going to be my husband it began to make me realize that he was just a vessel for my sexual pleasure and I was a vessel for his sexual pleasure because it was no goal we weren't going anywhere so the two things combined is what really helped me make that decision and just letting everything go to begin my journey within celibacy or abstinence whatever we want to call it tonight (laughs)
2: Abstinence, celibacy, yes, one and the same. So um do you still like wrestle through it? Like how's your how is your process now? Seven years into it, I I would I would say you're a pro, you know no, what I'm saying no, At this no. point. Um no? No? Okay. <laughs> definitely not the way. I'm trying to be like you though, seven years. I mean that's I'm just gonna <laughs> say amen. I not seven specifically. I didn't say seven specifically, but not that long, Lord, not <laughs> Um, Mm-mm, 28, can't
6: do it. So over the seven years of me being celibate it definitely has not been linear. I have hit many bumps in the road. Um, and the last time I ended up stepping into sexual sin, I began to really try to identify where this was coming from. And I remember when I first made that decision to go be, be celibate, I had gone like a whole year and a half without having sex. And then I engaged in sex again, and I went like a whole nother year without having sex and engaged in sex again, and I began to feel like I had a right to reward myself because I wasn't doing this every day the way I used to, Um, and it wasn't a lifestyle for me. So I was like, well, you know, it's been a year, God. You should be okay with this because clearly I can stop when I want to, so I should be able to start when I want to. Um, But then the biggest revelation for me was that through these last seven years, I began to realize that because then what, what happened was I would, like, get into sexual sin. Then we left with emotional turmoil because soul ties are just things you do not want um, unless it's with your husband. Um, and then I would go to God, and I'm like, God, come clean up my mess now. And then I would be celibate for a year, and like I said, I would just jump in and out, in and out. Um, And I began to realize, because I was like, God, my heart is hardened toward this thing. I don't understand why. And God was like, because you're giving yourself glory. Like, your celibacy was all about you. It was never all about, it was never about honoring God. Um, And it was like. (laughs) Um, It really became this thing where I felt empowered. Um, and I felt like I had a right over my body, and I'm starting sex when I want to, and I'm stopping sex when I want to, and I'm getting rid of these dudes whenever I feel like it. Um, And so it was just like this thing where I was like, the glory is all mine, Um, and I have power in it, because if I'm stopping it whenever I want to, clearly it's me, it's not you God, it's me. Um, So that probably had to be the biggest thing that I wrestled with, because I just realized that through the act of celibacy, um, I realized that I wasn't really trying to give God glory. I was just giving myself glory through the whole process. So that is something that I have to keep in check. Um, and I kinda wanna like jump into the previous question I was asked for Dawn because like even now as a celibate woman who is trying to be married one day, it's like I have this fear now because of my past experiences like, is this even attainable for me? Because every time I've, I've started it, every time I've stopped, I've started again. And I've had men tell me that you're never going to not have sex. Like, I know you. We've done this so much that I know your character. You cannot abstain from from sex till marriage. And I think that is my biggest fear because, and I think this is also, I've never been with a man who believed in Christ. So obviously staying away from unequally yoked relationships is the number one factor. But I also have this fear now that when I do start dating, can I, can I trust that I'm not going to go back to the things that I used to go to? And I think that that is my biggest struggle right now, even as a celibate person.
2: Shout out to the panel in our honesty. I'ma try not to talk too much in between so we can get through. Uh, the last question is for Mina again. Uh, how have you been able to stay committed to not being sexually active? Don't answer that yet, because I wanna say also with what um, Warner was saying about putting certain things into place. Like, one of the things um, I've had sessions with Pastor Brandon before, and, like, one of the things he he's reiterated and has made very clear is, like, yo, what steps have you taken to, like, block sin? Like, what are the things that um, those parameters, like you talked about, what are those parameters that you set up around yourself, not necessarily to, um, you know, keep the opposite sex out from, getting to know people, but like, how do you block those things from sin?
6: Um, For me, it's really about identifying what my triggers are. Um, Whether it be something I'm watching, listening to, conversations that I'm having. Also, knowing my history, so do I need to delete people off social media? Do I need to block people? Do I need to look through my contacts and see who I can call if I wanted to get some? They'll be available. Do I need to remove those numbers from my phone? Um, and that has been like, a just like shedding away all those things has been definitely a process. Do I struggle with lustful thoughts? Yes, however for me, like, even Todd was saying, like, who wants to just sit there thinking about sex? I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna get some. So it's like, I know that I have to, to, when that time is happening, I've noticed that it's always during my idle time. And it's like, God is like, you could be productive right now, but you're just sitting on your couch thinking about sex when you have mad things that you need to do. You probably need to be checking emails, you probably need to be praying. There's a lot of things you need to do and you literally sit on your couch just thinking about sex. Like, how fun is that? So I think that death, I mean, That's for real. That's a little bit fun, but... um, Not for me. <laughs> Not for me, um, but I, mean, <laughs> I know. It's not going that, that far. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, for me, it's just really putting up, um, putting boundaries a lot around a lot of the things that I have that I know have influenced me in the past.
2: Amen. Can we clap it up for the panel?
5: <laughs> we ain't getting no questions. No, I'm, this is not your fault. It's not your fault. But I do want to say something about what Dom said, real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ain't saying. I ain't say, I ain't saying much. I ain't saying much. Um, Dom talked about earlier. Um, he said something about how it's your fear. You said it's your fear of women not going back into that, right? Into that. Um, in that place you were before. Correct? Please correct me if I'm wrong.
7: Um, it's not like f- it's guilt. That's really what it is. Right. It's and guilt.
5: And so for me I I had like a flip side to it in that I didn't engage with men because I was scared to get hurt again. And I think a lot of women and this may not be sexual but the hurt came from sexual activities that I had in the past. Not only sexual activities but just um incorrect con- uh connections and soul ties and you know this is my husband but not my husband type of um connections and so I remember one time the Lord um was showing to he was showing me that Um, Oh, I got the music. (laughs) (laughs) Just this one point, this one point, um, this one point. um, Thanks, Josh. No, 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 it's all good. Um, um, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I used to not respect men at all. And that came from, so maybe some people told men, oh, you know, this is how you deal with women. This is how you, they didn't say objectify women, but a lot of times... A lot of men uh, shared with their their boys or whatever about objectifying men. I mean, boy, women. But for me, my family told me not to respect men, and that was a big issue for me. And God had to work so many things in my heart for me to even be open to somebody like Warner. He didn't do nothing to me, but I when I saw him, I saw well, not him in particular. The men in the past, I saw all the issues that my father did, all the issues that. Um, I, I dealt with in the past and what I was was drilled in me was don't respect men they they ain't you know and so um the reason why I brought that up because I know a lot of women can relate to that and that really um it really can affect us from opening up in a in a godly way because I was like literally closed even and, and my excuse was but God doesn't want me to know like you're not trusting God you're trying to take this on for yourself
2: so anyhow that was my two cents Amen. That's... Amen. Yeah, and I was going to say, yeah, this is... It's not over, guys. We're definitely going to do audience questions, so I guess we're going to start off with D. Go ahead.
5: Well, you did say um, you didn't get a question for um, Janelle Warner. What boundaries do you set for you guys not to engage in sexual activity? Because obviously you guys are attracted to each other, and you guys spend a lot of time with each other, and so what... What are the boundaries that you set so that um, the line is not crossed? Especially as getting so close to your wedding, it's probably getting a lot harder. <laughs> so,
4: well, um, for me, even from from the beginning, um, like I said, w- when I was single for a lot of years before Janelle, and um, you know, in that time. Uh <laughs> Sounds weird and probably a little unbelievable, but I felt like there was a part, and maybe it was God's grace on me, but I felt like there was a part of my sexual virility that just got turned not off, but down. Um, I didn't become asexual by any, no, nothing like that. Yeah, no, but um, it really was like, man, you know, I ain't used it. So it kind of, it dulled a little bit. Um, Now, that didn't end when I got with, when when Janelle and I became a couple. Um, That, along with Janelle also agreeing, like we being on the same page, so that helped, because they were kind of built-in separate parameters that we had, so like my... abstinence is not based off of her. I'm sorry, I just hit her her, her boob. See, and it's so turned down, and I thought that was a shoulder. I was like, it's like...
5: Should I be offended?
4: No, no, no. no. So, so, listen, you know what? We didn't talk about this, but a real thing is when we do get married, I'm hoping God you're going to turn it on, right?
5: Let's all pray right now in the name of
4: Jesus. Um that's a real preto um but, uh, but 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 to quickly wrap up so 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 that so that's a parameter just the this the habit of respecting each other um but also um the way that i view my sexuality again, this is what i've uh viewed you know many women are already there um but i i view my sexuality as sacred, you know what i'm saying like it's not something i wanna i especially when I was single single I I didn't want to give it to anybody you know and now that I'm with Janelle I my parameter is that I don't want to disrespect my own the sanctity of my own sexuality but I also don't want to disrespect hers um because for me um yeah I'm abstinent because because scripture says so and, and God calls us this but for me that only um held me to a degree um what helps supplement that is is seeing my own sexuality as sacred. And um so so with that, you know, there are times where Janelle and I like we're like we're together a lot, you know, and and thankfully she only lives around the corner. I walk her home like I did last night. I walk her home at a, and, and I go back to my crib and, and she goes hers. Sometimes and you know, this is not You know, sometimes, like she'll, uh, if if it's like we come home late for something, like she'll like be in the other room in my bed, and I'll be on the couch. Now I understand. Now, now, now I understand. And the reason I'm being, I'm being, I'm, I'm keeping it a buck is because listen, I understand that for everybody. That's not, and 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 not for nothing. Like if I if I was counseling somebody, I'd be like, listen, man, look, if if you know that that's not you know if, if if you can keep yourself away, you know, then do it. But I'll say for Janelle and I. Janelle and I, we we we've been, but it's because of we've respected each other's um desire to to live a certain way. And I regard her, and she hates when I say it, but I do regard her as my sister. Before she's my wife, before she's my Amen. before she's my babe, you know, she's my sister. And like, listen, check it, man. If I wouldn't disrespect somebody's daughter in front of their real pops, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, it's it's a it's a thing because I believe God is real. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to disrespect his daughter in front of the mass of the universe. So that, so that holds a lot of weight.
2: Amen. Amen. Any other questions? Can I say something real quick?
5: So That's sorry. what I prayed for, though. Like, I really did. Um, I've been celibate for a while. And um, there's some things that I just, the de- habits that I developed. Um, with, obviously, God's direction because, you know, it wasn't something I always wanted to do. But then also, I have an accountability partner who would be like, so what are you doing? Tracy. Like, she texted, like, uh, the my perfect example. We all went to visit him and I went to the living room. She, Her and I are in the, the bedroom about to go to sleep, but I went to the living room where he is to say, hey, good night." And she texted me. It was like literally three minutes. Like, she texts me. <laughs> my phone is going, cling, cling. And she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I am coming. Like, literally, we did nothing. <laughs> but I appreciate that because you can't trust yourself. You really can't trust yourself. And so, um, yeah. So, account, like, t- I always tell, like, I said something to someone. You got to tell on yourself. You, I know when, when I want to keep things to myself, I need to say it. So.
4: Oh, he got something. Real quick, uh, relating this to porn. So I have uh, things on every electronic device, right? Like Covenant Eyes, I have Covenant Eyes on my cell, I have Covenant Eyes on my laptop, I have Covenant Eyes on my, my, my oh I'm sorry, Covenant Eyes is an uh, electronic, like it, it, uh, it, 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 it not only filters, but it also tells whatever partner you have, you know, what you're doing at all times. So, so I have, you know, one of my mentors, who's a friend, he, he gets to check in every month on what I'm viewing. Now, that is a parameter. However, not for nothing, there are ways that I can get around Covenant Eyes if I chose to. If I chose to. So what supplements those parameters is that, listen, I don't want I, I to disrespect myself. I don't want to disrespect these women who I'm, I'm looking at. I also don't want to freaking wreck myself for marriage because I can't enjoy my wife because I got this image of this, this, this IG model in my head. So that, along with those parameters, because those listen, those parameters they're great, and you should have them. But listen, if you want to, you, you you get around them. If if you don't have some internal like, listen, I'm choosing not to do this because I don't want to, you know, sully myself. Then you know, if you don't have those, then eventually, you, you know, you're gonna fall. But I want to say that.
7: Can I add to that real quick? Um, super quick. Yeah. I just want to say one quick thing. I think that that's a great way of doing things. Um, I'm not a big fan of legalism, and I'm not saying that that's what it is. Um, what I'm saying is if you can find a way to be thankful for the things that God is giving you, thankful for the life that you're living, thankful for everything that he's blessed you with, that will convict you in and of itself to want to sin against God, to want to dive and be lustful or dive in, um, sleep with someone. Be thankful for the things that God gave you. Find thanksgiving in everything around you, and you'll fall deeper and deeper in love with God to the point where you don't even want to sin. It's a matter of the heart.
5: That's how I started, but I needed to, to continue because it's been eight years. I needed to continue and have, like, I need to literally physically won't, can't do this, you know? Anyway.
7: Find different ways to fall in love with God. Right. I agree. in everything you do and that will release that bondage of lust release that bondage of porn whatever it may be
5: hey so my question um i think Warner you kind of touched on this but really for everybody hey <laughs> um i guess in your you know stage of whether it's single engaged married um I guess what vision of, of sex has God given you that's really allowed you to experience uh, or anticipate the abundance of like obeying that command of glorifying God in your body um, by, you know, honoring your abstinence or having a bunch of sex? Like what's the vision that God's given you that's allowed you to experience the abundance of sex at the stage that you're at?
0: I think so That's a that's a very interesting and good question. Um, <laughs> um I think I think the I think at this point in my life I have a good I have a good vision of what sex is and what it's supposed to be. Um I see it as um like I think there's a lot of I, <laughs> I, have, I have friends that call it worship, not be not in a spiritual sense, but in a sense of like it's similar to worship, um, in in the way that you kind of express joy, and it's something that you do towards God to to an extent, um, but also something that you know you experience with your spouse, um, and like I think I think a lot of that comes from being in the scriptures and stuff like that. Um, I think. Another part of that was rooting out what parts of what I understood about sex came from porn. Um like I've talked to other people about how um again, porn makes you expect certain things. Like um there's certain things I don't I feel like this isn't this isn't a place where there's things that are off the table, but some stuff is just gross and I don't actually want to say. Um but there's certain things that happen in porn that I can't imagine anybody naturally coming to the conclusion like, oh, this would be fun. Let's try this. You know what I'm saying? Um, Some stuff is just weird and gross. And, you know, it's just totally an outside idea infiltrating your mind and telling you, hey, you should try this because it looks good on film, you know? Um, And some of that stuff I had to root out and be like, you know what? Why do I want to try this? Like, did I get that idea... Like internally, is that something um, that I wanted to do or is that something that I naturally just have a desire to do? Um, and identifying those things, rooting those things out, looking to the scriptures, finding what, you know, because like Pastor B was just showing us in Song of Solomon. There's a lot of things that are suggested, like, um, you know, the oral sex stuff or the, um, you know, the, the picture of him handling her breasts or You know, whatever. There's a lot of things that are suggested in Scripture that are like, yo, this stuff is safe. Um, And it's proven to be, you know, beneficial. Um, So like finding those things in Scripture and, you know, again, getting it from your spouse. Like what what do you like? What don't you like? Um, That's major. I'm glad they talked about it, like having that communication where you can identify it's it's sanctification. It's literally sanctification growing in your ability to please your spouse in the bedroom. Um, so I think all that to say that the gospel has been the major part of helping me understand what sex should be in in marriage, like the gospel applies to everything. And I think that's where we fall short. I think you're growing in your Christianity when you learn other things to apply the gospel to. Uh, I think a lot of our biggest issues with the church right now is that there's parts of the church that aren't learning how to, how to apply the gospel to racism. Um, and so we're like, how can you call yourself a believer? And I think a lot of us do the same thing with sex. Like, we don't apply the gospel to sex, and we, we're, 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 there's gaps in our Christianity because we don't think that way. Um, so, so learning to apply the gospel to sex is what gave me the vision that I have now for, for sex, and I think that's why I can enjoy it the way I do.
2: Amen. We have time for one more question. I want to get over in this area. Anybody over here have a question? On the back. Um, yeah, so I just had a question pretty
5: much to everybody. Um, when you are single and you're dating, how do you bring up the fact that you are standing from sex? Or I guess when would you bring it up? Because you obviously don't want to bring it up too soon because you're not trying to make the relationship about that in the first place. So like, w- at what point do you realize, like, okay, I need to tell this person?
6: I'll jump in that. Um, so I am not even dating. However, my vision for that is I feel like because I am not trying to be unequally yoked again, and I'm trying to date someone who is Christ-centered, then I kind of feel like I should be able to tell you from the jump that I'm not, I'm not having sex until marriage because I kind of have the expectation that if we believe in the same God and we're reading the same Bible, you should have the same views too. Um, and... <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean, for me, I've been single for a long time, so I know my tolerance is not really there. There's a lot of things I'm just not in the mood for. Um, so f- that's just my perspective. I just kind of feel like if you are trying to date someone who is also a believer, you guys are believing the same thing. So the, the topic of sex should not even be awkward. That's just my perspective.
4: For, I mean, I know you're not asking this, but before a man, it, I think it could be a little different, I think. Um... Because well, well, one—it's funny you mentioned it, and this will be—I promise—under two minutes. Um, when a man tells a woman, "Yeah, I'm not having sex, really," word, we'll see. I mean, even 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 if that's not audible, even if that's not if if audible in their mind, I'm like, and and for me, and because she she mentioned it, for me, when I first began my s- dipping my foot into being abstinent, um, I took pride in my abstinence. So like I was proud of my humility, if that makes sense. So I was using my, s- <laughs> my sex, or lack thereof, as a weapon because like I would go right up there and be like, psych, I ain't doing it. And I would frustrate some, I, you know. I would, but, um, but, but obviously when I got mature, you know, like that topic, I don't even bring that up because I'm not trying to have that as my, hey, I'm, not, I'm abstinent, you know, because that invites testing. That invites, you know, yeah. I'll prove you. I'll prove you wrong. Right, right, right. So I find, listen, man, just just walking, you know, uh, you know, making sure you have those boundaries from the beginning, you know. Um, and if it does come up, yeah, you know, like my abstinence is, yeah, yeah. I don't have sex. It's what you what you want for dinner or something? You know, like it's very, it's, it's not
7: a thing like that. Anyway. Um, I just wanted to add to that question real quick. Um, clearly, I'm not in a position to. Really speak on it, but my thought is it sounds like there might be some fear of losing the person behind that. So, what I want to say to you is if God has someone for you, you have nothing to worry about. So, bank on that.
2: Come on, amen. Pastor B, amen. Pop it up for the panel.
1: Hey amen. Can we thank God for the panelists and for our, our moderator? Amen. Well, listen, guys, we we really would be remiss. Josh, you really can play now, bro. (laughs) We we would be remiss if um, if we talked about all of these different topics. And remember what I said when y'all came into the room, uh, who's in the room, people that have been abused, um, people that have uh, infidelity within marriages that they're still working through. Uh, homosexuality is in the room. There's heterosexuals in here that are promiscuous. There are some that are abstaining. Uh, there's some that are engaged, but are already having sex and operating like you're married. And so I don't, I know it's a complex topic, and I know some of you still got questions. The reason we put volume one, Sex Rewired, because we got to put a comma after this topic. You can't put a period after this. And so... Um, I want to invite us all just to spend a few minutes. If you, if you don't have to rush out, um, it's Friday night. Some of y'all are trying to hit the club tonight anyway. So let's pray. I want, to spend a f- I want to spend a few minutes. Real talk. We got y'all tonight. We in here. Uh, I want to spend a few minutes at least praying. And I want to invite some of our panelists uh, to, to pray, to do some popcorn prayer. Anybody, whatever comes to your mind, panelists. I really want to spend a few moments praying but also after that, um, I want to allow if you guys don't have to rush out, if you guys got more questions and maybe specific questions, like come up and just talk to these guys. Um, I don't. I, I think I can say that they're not ex- experts, right? But they, they can offer whatever uh, they have. And maybe some of you that's in this room, you know, maybe you you know your girl that you brought with you, and you know she's wrestling. Like, man, spend some time, like, use this space. This is a safe place to get it right. So use this space to do that. And brothers, the same for you. My, my prayer this week, honest to God, was that you would go home deleting numbers, deleting, taking the porn off your phone. Like, that's been my prayer all week. That transformation would happen, not just deep conversation. Because re- reality is some of this stuff you've heard before. But what you need is transformation. You need a heart change, not behavioral modification, because that doesn't, that doesn't equal a transformed heart. You need your heart impacted by the gospel. Let, let me also, before I pray, just quickly, and I mean quickly, share the gospel. Because what I've heard up here from our panelists is, man, I apply the gospel to, you know, to my sexuality or to my marriage. And every aspect of life needs the gospel. And, and after a while, you almost... It almost gets redundant and it it loses its its weight. But the fact that that Christ would come to live amongst sinful people. can, Can I just do a poll in the room? Is there anybody in this room that is sinless? Anybody? Like you have no sin. Okay. I didn't think anybody would raise a hand. Here's the crazy thing. I could go in the kid's room and point out that no kid in that room doesn't have sin. And here's why. Because sin necessarily isn't just the act or behavior. Sin is inherited. It was passed down from your father, from his father, from his father, all the way back, tracing back to Adam. We were born broken. So the sexual confusion that we have is a result of the fall. Here's why I love Jesus, because Jesus decided to come to dwell amongst sinful people. Here's a crazy thing. Go to a cross that he created, be put on the cross and slapped by hands that he created. Read Colossians one. Nothing was made without Jesus. And he goes to a cross and he dies for your sin. Now, here's why that's important, because if Jesus doesn't die for your sin, then you have to die for your sin. Why? Because no sin can be in the presence of a holy God and Jesus Christ absorbs the wrath of God. Every single sin, all of that sin that you walked in here with, that baggage that you, that sexual uh, 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 promiscuity that you walked in here with, all of that has been covered. You are forgiven in Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And in in the midst of Jesus dying for your sin, he does something else. He gives you his perfect righteousness. What does that mean? That literally means when Jesus walked this earth for 33 years, he never sinned. The Bible calls it this way. No deceit was even found in his mouth. And so Jesus is the only one. If Jesus was physically sitting in this room and I said, is there anybody sinless? He would have rose his hand. And here's the crazy thing. When he goes on the cross, he doesn't just take your sin, but he then puts down his hand and gives you that righteousness. He gives you that perfect life and that is the only way that you can be accepted by a holy God. Now when we say applying the gospel, that is sacrifice. So we need to apply that to marriage. We need to apply that to singleness. We need to apply that to abstinence and celibacy. Every area of life, there should be no gospel-less areas of your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Daryl, let me get off. If... If you guys can, this is popcorn prayer, so keep it, keep it short. But Daryl, if you can kick us off and any one of you that want to pray, please pray. When I feel like it's ending, I'll end our time.
0: Lord, um, first just want to thank you for sex. Um, it's not something we say a lot, um, but it's something to be grateful for. Um, it's a gift, um, a gift that you give us, uh, specifically as married people but um even in its infant stages just as a desire as a drive um it gives us direction uh it lets us know that we we don't have the gift of singleness (laughs) um it lets us know that we should pursue a female um or a male uh in for marriage um it can it can motivate us to get our lives right to start saving money uh, to 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 deal with past issues so that we can be ready for marriage um, it, it, it has a lot of benefits that you know have been demonized by uh, the church in some ways so um, so we thank you for sex we just thank you that it's it's something good it's something you created it's one of the first commands that you gave us as as humans um, and it's it, it has its benefits and I, I thank you for this this meeting uh, an opportunity to Uh, speak as um, the church your your representatives uh, about the the issue that the world wants to talk about but doesn't have the authority to speak accurately about Um, so um, help us to continue to fill that gap um, as, as the church thank you
7: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your grace, and we ask you that for all the questions that weren't asked, um, we know that we're not the experts in love, sex, um, marriage, that you have all the answers and that you can provide us with that, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, the people who weren't able to ask the questions, the people who are dealing with things, people who are unsure about uh, their sexuality or dealing with their um, sexual sin, that they come and they search you, Lord, that they come and search the scriptures, that they come find solace, grace, and your love and mercy waiting for them, Lord, through the scriptures and in prayer, Lord, we ask that you deliver them, Lord. We ask that you restore their view of women. We ask that you restore their their view of men, and we ask that, Lord, um, you just be um, gracious upon them and that their heart be open to what you have to speak into their lives and have uh, a heart for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray.
4: Father, um,
7: number one, God,
4: I, I I appreciate you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your goodness and for your mercy, Lord. Um, I thank you, Father, for loving us enough, Lord, and so much, Father, that you died for our brokenness, Lord. That you nailed um, the brokenness of my homosexual brother sister on the cross, Lord. You 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 nailed the brokenness of 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 lustful thoughts on the cross, Lord. You 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 nailed the brokenness of of, of promiscuity, Lord, or, 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 um, or, or uh, uh, being uh, sexually abused, Father, you, you, you nailed it to the cross, Father, um, and, I, and I, and I thank you, Lord, because there's no, um, <laughs> there's no sin that your grace is not bigger than, Father, and I appreciate that, Father, I appreciate that, I appreciate that for everyone, Lord, and, and I appreciate that for me. Father, we thank you for your love, Lord. Um, We thank you, Father, that you are love, Father, so that everything you do, correction and comfort, is motivated by love, Father. We thank you for it, Lord, and we thank you for this evening, Father. Um, Continue to to minister to us and talk to our hearts. um, the, The deep, deep, deep issues that even in a place like this, Lord, we wouldn't dare speak out loud, Father. Thank you. Thank you for even dying for those, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.
3: Lord, I want to pray specifically for um, just for for some sisters who may be struggling, um, who have been assaulted, abused, um, or who bear um, the weight of shame from lust and Um, promiscuity father God I pray right now um, that you would mend all of the broken pieces that are going on inside of them Lord I pray that you would remind them that you love them regardless of what has happened what they've done or what they you know what has been done to them God I pray that they would um just know the truth that you are um you love them. you love them, God. You don't see them as um, less than or too broken for for marriage, um, God. I pray that you they would know that they are still worthy, Lord, because you are worthy, God. I pray that they would know that um, they don't have to be ashamed, Lord that they could be free from that. They could be free from whatever bondage the enemy is placing on their mind. God, I pray that you would help them to break free from it and help them to know the truth that your gospel covers all of that. Thank you, Jesus, for covering it for myself. Thank you for breaking the chains that I had on myself, Lord. Thank you, Father. And we just thank you, Father, just for that freedom. We love you, Jesus.
6: Lord, I just thank you, God, for not only making this a safe space, God, but a brave space, God, where we can just come to you with our truth, Lord. And I just pray that this is a place where people left their shame and their embarrassment and their guilt at the door, Lord God, and that they will leave transformed, that their minds will be renewed, Lord God. And I just pray for those whose hearts are hardened toward this topic, Lord God, that you will break their hearts for the things that break your heart, Lord God, that you will soften our hearts in areas of our lives where we need transformation, Lord God, where we need to See who you are are, Lord God, and know and believe that you are a God who heals, God, that you are a God who transforms, Lord God. And I just pray that this continues to be a space, Lord God, where we can have open conversations and lean on each other, Lord God, and understand that this is what community looks like, that we can't do life alone, Lord God, and we need the stories of other people, Lord God, so that we know that we are not alone in our shame or in our brokenness, Lord God, and that we know we have somebody, Lord, that we can run to, which is you, Lord God, who will transform us from the inside out, Lord. So I pray that your, your peace will continue to reign in this place, Lord God, and then it will just continue to transform the hearts of the people in this
5: room, Lord God. In your name I pray, amen. Father, we thank you for um, everything that was said tonight. We thank you for the hearts that came here that's searching or um, who uh, want to contribute to this conversation, Father. Lord, I pray for the young man and the young lady or even the older man and the older lady who... Um, are at the, the the edge of deciding to submit their full lives to you, Lord. Not only their lives, but um, for their sexuality, Lord. I pray that you just show yourself even stronger to them, Lord God, that they would take the bold step and say yes to you, Lord. And I pray for those um, who are concerned about you, um not fulfilling their desires Lord um you've I I know in the past for me I I thought oh if I if I leave this up to God he's gonna give me an ugly guy or he's gonna give me a guy that I'm not attracted to but Lord you fulfill and exceed um my desires my expectations and I know you do that for every single one of us Lord not because you not we're not in this so you can just just Um, that you can just uh, fulfill our desires, but you just love on us, Lord. You love on us and um, you know the deep desires of our heart, Lord. And so I pray that you um, transform those desires, make them submit to you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for Those are saying yes to you in their hearts today, Lord God, and I just pray that they have an abundant life with you, Lord God, because if they say yes, that's what they get, Lord. And so I pray for those who um, will come around them, Lord, Um, show them who to speak to, who can be their accountability partner, who can disciple them, Lord God, who can share with them how to read and study the word, Lord God, and how to apply it to every aspect of their lives, Lord God. I just pray for um, boldness in you and saying yes in you in Jesus name.
1: Father, 1 John 4 says that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, I I, want to pray that you would move on the hearts of everybody in this room now. Uh, Even those that think that they are killing it in this topic. Reality is, Lord, we are in desperate need of you to continue to strive in sanctification. Father, our heart's desire is to look more like you. And that means that somebody in this room, Lord, needs to do business with you. Somebody in this room really does need to confess sin. Somebody in this room really does need to ask more questions. But Lord, at the end of the day, Lord, I pray that the goal is not to get into arguments, but that the goal is to genuinely look like Jesus. Father, would you redeem this topic? The world has perverted it. Culture has made this oversaturated. But Father, would you help us to see that sex is beautiful, it is good, it is God-ordained, but you've ordained it in the context of marriage. Help us to strive in that way. Father, I pray for some married couple in this room some marriages that are struggling, no one else knows, nobody else has talked about it with them, they haven't talked about it with anybody else, pray that you would help them today, help them to seek help, help them to seek accountability, and pray ultimately, Lord, for those that, that are in this room that have still have questions that we haven't touched on tonight, I pray that you would help them to realize that we're not their advocate, that we have an advocate with the Father, that even when we didn't ask the question at Sex Rewired, we can ask you. And there is no time of night that you won't answer, because the answers are in your word. To help us, oh God, would you give us grace as we leave, give us travel and mercies as we leave, help us to get back to our destinations safe and sound. Pray that you would get the glory out of tonight. In Christ's name we pray, amen.